Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. All right, hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the B-Side Podcast for Liberty Church Harrisburg. I'm Steve King and alongside me today as we continue our tour around different Guests on the show, it's Steve Huber, the director of the Liberty Network. Steve, welcome to the show today. Welcome to the Liberty B-Side Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, excited. It's uh, great to be in Harrisburg. Yeah, you were at Harrisburg yesterday. So anyone who did not, uh, who wasn't in attendance or didn't listen yet online, Steve, you joined us yesterday. You filled the pulpit for us, preaching from Acts 27. It was great to have you in town. Um, Maybe just even kick us off here on the B-Side Podcast just give us a little bit of whatever's top of mind for you for being in town, being at Liberty. It's a place that you come, you know, a couple times a year. We always love having you. But just what would you say about Liberty and just your time out here this weekend? It was really fun to be there. There's people I've known for a long time by God's grace and also new faces as well. So that was really fun to see old friends and catch up with folks and also see a bunch of new faces and uh, it's always a joy to report on, on some of what God is doing in our region. And a bunch of uh, church planners in training came to Liberty Harrisburg on Saturday and was able to take part in that training. Bob Carvello was there uh, hosting those those pastors. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, I got to re- report back on just a couple things happening in Liberty Tampa and encourage everyone to continue to pray for John and Jess and uh, it was a blast. And, of course, we prayed for the Luloyans while they're away on vacation. I think they're coming back uh, today and uh, happy that they got away for some rest and refreshment. And uh, I just really uh, value Matt as a brother and gospel partner and friend. And so it's a it's a joy to serve Liberty Harrisburg. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank, thanks for thanks for being out here. Thanks for saying all those words for being out here as well, taking time out of your schedule to come and spend time with us. And we're we're coming up on 10 years as a church here at Liberty Harrisburg, which is kind of wild to think about. And you've been part of that journey the entire way through. So uh, yeah, you've built relationships over those 10 years with a lot of people that have been here uh, since the beginning. So thank you for coming out. We always love um, having you when you're out here. And, and for anyone that's interested right now, maybe it's just worth clarifying. I'm doing this much like I did last week with Andrew Dimsky. We're recording this podcast via a Zoom uh, recording right now. So if you hear anything that sounds like a quick glitch, I think we had just one of those already, uh, just know that's because we're, we're doing it through a computer. Um, but I'm sure the audio will come across uh, good enough. We'll do We'll go with good enough today as we spend time with you, Steve. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, hey, Acts 29, you were preaching uh, through Acts 29 for us. Uh, we utilize this resource as a um, kind of a post-commentary on the sermon. Can't fit everything into a sermon. Although yesterday, my favorite moment, Steve, like in the running, if I had a list t- top 10 moments of my worship yesterday, in the running for a top five would have been when you turned to me during the 8.30 service and said, wait, what time does this end? Right? You kind of look kind of like, how long do I have? I have a lot more to say. I'm not sure if I can fit it all in. So this is a moment where we can even go deeper into the thoughts that were in your mind as we even prepare for Bible studies this week. So you tell us, Steve, what's top of mind for you coming out of Acts 27? Right. And that was really funny. It was Acts 27. You said at the beginning, hey, I took us through Acts 29. Did I do that? Did I do Acts 29 again? 
You did. Either, I've, I've done sense. that. I've done that two or three times now in the last couple of weeks. I keep referring to Acts 29. Yeah, Acts 29. Well, that's the fun thing about that name is that there, there's always another chapter. Well, I, I've done that. Time. I have done that a couple of times now in the last couple of weeks. So I got I to gotta clean it up. Hey, it's all, it's all good, man. I, we, we, uh, you know, Acts has 28 chapters. That's what's wonderful. There's, there's always another chapter of what God is doing in the world through his people, by his spirit, for the glory of his son. Yeah. And are good. So that's really fun. I, I just realized I hadn't, I don't know if I've ever preached the two services thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I, 30 I just looked at you because I realized <laughs> I have no idea how long this is supposed to go. Like I am absolutely <laughs> unsure of when this sermon is supposed to end. Did you hear my I, answer? Did you hear what I said back to you? You just said, Hey, when, you know, as long as it takes, I said, when you're done, supposed- I said, we're done when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it all worked out. Uh, man, if you're listening to this, don't worry. I, I didn't go for two hours or something. No, you, no you, fit, you fit it in well enough. Yeah, I think, I, think um, I, I have a little bit of the reputation, a small reputation of going long when I preach. And I think, so I don't, I don't, I think you're in good, you're in good company right now, as far as I'm concerned. Good. All right. Yeah. There you go. Um, you did, you did a good job. You have a great, you're able to convey a lot of information in an organized way and to cast vision. Um, so I'd love to hear you preach sometime. You did a great job sort of cashing vision for all that's happening as a church right now and the different ways to plug in. That was fun to listen to, but you want me to just sort of set the stage for this sermon? Yeah. Maybe even just what's top of mind coming out of Acts 27 that would be helpful for, to kind of reframe the conversation for the next 15, 20, 25 minutes we're together now to frame what was in Acts 27 that's top of mind for you, even as our Bible study groups would be listening to this and preparing to spend time together this week, kind of talking about Acts 27, what they heard on Sunday. Right. Well, um, it's what I walked away with. It it ended up being, it was an interesting passage. It was a tough passage to wrestle with for a week or so, 10 days. Um, and it's a long passage filled with a lot of twists and turns and developments. And it ended up being used powerfully in my own soul for just the ways I'm in a season of waiting. So I wonder as people prepare and I, I sent it to a couple friends who are also in a season of waiting hmm. and of waiting for uh, a trial, an episode to pass for God, waiting for God to bring them through. I think there's some powerful lessons for, for anyone who's in a season where you don't know how long this part of the voyage is going to go. You don't know if it will end or how long you've got. And we're called and invited to trust God in the middle of the journey. So that was, that was like the big takeaway for me. Yeah. I appreciated how you um, presented and you taught from, from the question what does their prayer life look like right now? If we were to ask that question, what does the prayer of Paul and his companions look like in after each, you know, five to eight verses of the chapter through? I thought that was a um, kind of a compelling way to walk through the scripture because it is a chapter that takes some twists and turns, as you mentioned. Um, it's a it's kind of a it's a chapter that would be the would be the best ninety minutes of a two hour movie. 
you know, um, how it all come together and the drama that exists within the chapter itself. But for you to frame it from what does the prayer like look look like in each one of these moments, I thought it was just compelling because it even it demonstrates how our prayer does change. And and we have to be careful of how it changes. That's not just always changing in response to what we want as the result of what we're experiencing, but how it changes even as it's rooted into a faithfulness to a God who is always with us and sees where every twist and turn is, is going himself, even though we can't. Yes. Maybe a question I'd have for you is, um, wh- wh- where did you come up with the, I mean, in your preparation, it's not just a, a trite question of, oh, how'd you come up with that idea, Steve? But wh- why was that even important to you to kind of frame it from the lens of, through the lens of prayer? Well, it, it takes us into the heart of our emotional response as we live life. Hmm. It's a passage that takes five minutes to read but weeks to live. Hmm. So it was weeks long. And and sometimes if you plow ahead too soon, like if I had read the whole story, there's probably a bunch of people who like are sitting there and think they don't know what's going to happen. And to do it bit by bit, it actually takes you into the drama and attention and the human response and and heart cry to God in that moment. Like when they're in fair havens, yeah, they're like, Oh, isn't this great? God's given us a break. And he did a kind uh, centurion named Julius friends, fair haven. And that didn't last as long as they had hoped. They didn't want to leave there. Paul's like, Hey, I, I perceive <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty clear that like, if we leave here, it's going to go bad. Can right. I just tell everybody that? And they don't listen so it was it was an attempt to get us into like what a realistic what an actual prayer life is is like like we could write you know there's a paragraph version of something we've gone through that clips the edges off the experience of actually walking step by step yeah. through that with the living god yeah what i found in so if I were to break your your sermon up into you know these short little chapters because it was every paragraph you kind of you kind of preached on each paragraph one at a time, and in verse in verses nine through twelve, um, when Paul does say to those that are his captors, really, um, hey sirs, I per- <laughs> sirs, how polite is this? Sirs, I perceive the voyage <laughs> will be with much injury and much loss, right? And they don't listen to him. Um, I was struck. You tell me if this is maybe a good way for us to think about this. I was struck um, with how we as Christians may find ourselves um, on the whole in a in many moments where we have an opinion, we have a conviction of where we would go in a group or in society as a whole, moving outward from our smaller and smaller circles, uh, and yet we're we're not actually in control all the time. We don't get to make the decisions. What's the instruction for us as Christians, even if we're not captive, we're not prisoners, but we don't always get to actually choose the direction in which the greater culture, society, maybe our neighborhoods or regions that they're moving. How do we respond to that? How do we handle that? What's the instruction here for us, if any? Yeah. Well, 
And this happens all the time, just to put some more emphasis, even more emphasis on your point. This happens all the time. Part of any group, you yeah. know, from choosing which restaurant to eat with your family on vacation to how a church will react to a recent mask mandate. Yep. Sure. To, hey, what is our response going to be to an issue in the, in the area, the culture? Um, yeah. In the, in the body of Christ, doesn't there need to be a mutual submission for the sake of love? Uh, Philippians 2, look, looking not only to our own interests, but to the interests of others. Um, you know, that's the beginning of Philippians 2. Mm-hmm. And not just serve ourselves. And this is rooted, I tried to get at the, the fear root. Hey, Paul was probably pretty frustrated. These guys. I didn't listen to him. He's a seasoned traveler. He knows this isn't going to go well. He's in kindness for his own sake, the sake of his friends, and for their sake, warning them. They do not listen. And there's a lot of ways that other people's lives are affecting us. And um, ultimately, our ability to be civil, to respond with love and not retaliation needs to be rooted in we trust God. Mm-hmm. And God is still, God hasn't taken his hand off the wheel uh, when somebody else makes a bad decision. Yeah. Which ends up being revealed later in this passage. Um, but we have to trust that when we can't see, uh, we need to trust God no matter what happens, is the short answer to your question. But, but yeah, it. I tried to get out there. Hey, if I tried to get at, if anyone who's not in control, your life is being determined or shaped by or affected by the decisions of others, which is everybody in some level, uh, we need to trust them in the Lord and are invited and called to. Yeah, that's good. And, and, and on the flip side of that, I feel like my initial questions here are really practical. They're really, um, they kind of get to the kind of the knee jerk reaction thing about maybe the, the, the doctor who's giving you the. What's that test where they have to knock your knee and it's like, does your knee kind of react to it real quick, right? Um, I think my questions are kind of in, in that direction almost. Because on the flip side of that is the what you described as like the greatest I told you so in in, in the Bible. You know, um, you know, verse verse 21, where Paul stands up. This is now after all the all the wreckage and chaos has taken place, and it's men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete. And incur this injury and loss. It's great. I told you so. But how do we, how do we then as Christians not just, tur- not just turn into um, the frumpy I told you so clan? Whenever something goes wrong, reading, reading God's um, disapproval um, or maybe his judgment uh, into, because I, I think we see that in society. You can find that, you know, even something, something like a pandemic, we can be, there can be pockets of, Christianity and go like, this is God's judgment against the world. See, I told you so. How do we, how do we walk that line? Well, what do we do with the, I told you so knee jerk reaction that we can have? Yes. Um, I, I think the only thing that will save us from save us from a self-righteousness, which will be off-putting, harmful, a, uh, a vindictiveness, what will soften, soften vindictiveness, what will modify the pointed finger 
is that we realize in every way um, God's we are object of God's grace, recipients of his deep grace and the ultimate the person who has the every reason to hold us accountable, to make us pay for what we've done, to rub our nose in our worst mistakes has shown us deep grace and love and forgiveness. And so that just needs to, to shape us. It needs to be a foundational I- identity so that our knee jerk isn't to point the finger yeah. in a quick way. And it, if you notice, I thought it was funny that Paul's like, hey, you guys should have listened to me. But then he quickly moves on the next sentence with the good news. Yes, it's as right. if he hadn't yeah. said that before. When they think they're going to die, he's not saying, hey, guys, this shows that I was right. There have been days and days when he didn't say, I told you so. Sure. And now he has to make a speech, and he quickly moves past that and says, uh, gives them some good news that they needed to hear. So I think we need to, even that opportunity to say, I told you so, is softened by the message of grace and of their eventual rescue that Paul gives them. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm reminded too of the, even as you're saying, that the the rest of the chapter, there was so much more to be done both by Paul and his companions and also his captors and other prisoners that um, that yet now I urge you to take heart transition that, that he comes out of the I told you so. It's always this this forward view. It's like, well, what was in the past, let's learn from it. But we also we also press forward um, all the time. And there was even great uh, grace that God brought to um, to his to the centurion later in the chapter in not putting Paul and other prisoners to death. And so that's the work of God. It's like this, this humility that we have to have, I think as Christians, knowing that God is always working and are we seeking to submit to the, the call that he has over us. And there's grace, there's kindness, there's forbearance and forgiveness that we offer to other people in that. Cause there's always more coming down the line that God will be working through. Yes. And Paul, Initially, Julius is kind, but as this event is related to us, we have to assume it just seems like Paul carried himself in such a way that the centurion liked him more. Yeah. Was grateful for him more. Sure. So after, I mean, you're going to get to see someone's character going through horrific suffering, going through a storm like this. You're going to see what someone's really made of. And at the end of it, uh, the centurion had seen the character of Paul and his companions and wants to save them. And actually through that, all the prisoners are spared. Sure. Yeah, I'm reminded of, uh, well, if I'm forgetting, who, <laughs> I know the book, but I'm forgetting the author who wrote, who was just writing some commentary in the, in the book at this point um, about the, the current ills and challenges within society and the way our culture is wrestling with with postmodernism and relativism and um, all, all these social movements that are steering in his opinion. And I would agree with him in this regard away from Orthodox Christian faith and where we should have, where we should trust God and follow and listen to his, uh, his commands and law and his, his charge to Christians to be people that when, when everything falls apart at the end or near the end of these movements that we see in society, this, this relativism, this postmodernism that rejects truth, like we're going in directions that they will crumble in on themselves because they're not true. Um, and when that happens, when people are left 
bear with nothing to hold on to? Will they, will they look at Christians and go, yeah, there are those Christians that have been saying, I told you so the whole time with scorn? Or will, will, will the Christians be people that are, they're, they're eager to go back to and say, they were lovingly disagreeing with me the whole time, but, the, but their demeanor toward me is one that I can now go back to them because I know they care for me. Um, and so do we as Christians, are we ready to be in, in you know, I'm applying scripture. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like looking through this lens of this passage in a way that you didn't present yesterday. I don't want to, I don't want to overreach, but, you know, will we be people on the boat when society is crumbling at different times that people look at us and go, well, we know that they love us. Let's hear, let's listen again what they have to say. Right. Yeah. No, that's right. Steve, you're. Right. And we've had to rebuild our lives. Yeah, we've had to rebuild our lives. Yeah. We've had to have a way we look at life and the world. We've been wrong. Uh, we've missed it before. Yeah. So we have every reason to um, be kind, patient, even with people who think what we believe is, is really dumb. Yeah. Your, uh, your sermon title yesterday was A Voyage in the Dark. And much of the ship, much of the um, the storm is taking place in the dark. Um, there's even uh, a mention of days without seeing the sun, and when they're running aground, really needing, really praying that day would come. And I thought you said it well yesterday because even even though you're you can feel like you're close to land. Because you're running aground, but if you can't see which way direction to go, it's, it's you're really no better because you could just swim in the wrong direction. So we need light to come. Um, I thought that was I just thought it was a great sermon title, right? But what's the instruction or what's your charge, Steve, to us to be people that are praying um, for for light to come that we can always see the direction in which we need to go. And where our rescue and our redemption is, and that's it's in Christ, right? Spoiler alert, I expect you to probably say something about Christ, but you tell us what's your what's your challenge to us for how to be a people of prayer that light would come and we would know where our where our salvation is in these in this midst of darkness. Yeah. The um you are highlighting most of the story takes place in the dark. Yeah. And they're literally praying for the day. And uh, I'm very aware as a pastor that there are people who are in, in the midst of the dark and have no idea when this episode is going to end or yeah. when. And we're, we're called to trust God in the dark and also pray for the day. <laughs> or, so that's what's uh, helpful about the passage. They're praying for rescue. They're praying for breakthrough. Yeah. So we're people who pray for breakthrough and also have to wait patiently in the dark. I, I was, um, uh, uh, Oh, what's the name of this book? I should have looked. It'll be, it'll be on the tip of my tongue. As soon as I end this podcast, <laughs> I'll be able to say it, explain it. There's a, a book I read last year about the early church and they, more um, patience than evangelism. Evangelism just kind of happened. The Christians' lives were attractive. Um, patient ferment. The patient ferment of the early church is the name of the book. 
the patient ferment of the early church, but a ton written on patience. And are we not being invited and called to the Lord to trust him with the situations where, uh, you know, some of the situations we're in, we're just being called to put one foot in front of the other and hang on. And that's kind of all you can do. And, uh, we're invited to trust in the Lord and that, and God, God can help us do that very thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Steve, any, uh, maybe in closing a question for you, what would be a, a helpful prompt or a question that you would have if you were sitting with a group of people in our church who are sitting down to discuss Acts 27 to reflect more on the sermon that you delivered, what would be a, a question or two that you would use to start the conversation within that group? I mean, a few questions to throw out. What, what are you, have you been reminded or instructed about prayer or the, the life of prayer in here or the, what it's like to go on the journey? What are you reminded about? Um, in our voyage in the dark about what a, what a prayer life is going to be. Yeah. Uh, what that's going to be like. We get little hints at that there, though it's not. Um, and that though, though all that their prayers aren't explicit, but it's easy to imagine, Hey, things are going well. We have friends, the kind ruler and we're in fair havens. And all of a sudden things go dramatically bad. It's not hard to imagine how that, that changed their prayer life. Um, I think the, the big thing is, um, the big question that I put before folks to wrestle with, in light of how God has spoken and worked through uh, this incident and how it's given to us in Scripture in Acts 27, what's the invitation of the Lord? What's the invitation of the Lord to you now? What is he asking you to trust him with? What's the darkness that you're in where you got to trust that Jesus Christ, the light will eventually come. And just what's the, what's the invitation of the Lord? How do we need to trust in, believe, follow and cling to Jesus now? How can we now, uh, given who Jesus is, what he's done, the one who entered our darkness and entered the world's darkness for our sake and done has done the ultimate rescue and bring us to the ultimate light, which is, it was nice that you pointed that out and leading us to the table yesterday, Jesus Christ, the light in the world. Uh, he's the one who leads us through the dark. Um, yeah, let's, let's meditate on the, those things. Think about it, how it applies to our life, what the invitation of the Lord is, and let's pray for each other really hard. Yeah. It's good. Those would be my questions. It's great. It's great, man. Hey, one last question. You said yesterday you were you were um, you're mad at Matt for having you preach through Acts twenty seven because it was so long. Steve, what are the other things about Matt that bother you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> don't, don't answer that question. Hey, I, I made a quick question. I was like, Matt, this this past this chapter is crazy. This is so long. What is even here? But then I was like, okay, this is going to be. There's a lot here. Yeah, I, I, I dug it. <laughs> I first read it, I was like, wow, he is he uh he put a lot on my plate. He sets you up. Tricky. Well you did it you did a great job with it. Steve, thank you for 
for coming out yesterday, for being present, taking time to just travel from Philly to be here, but then also to, to preach faithfully um, through the word. Um, so that we had, even just I think about the number of visitors that we had yesterday. We had a fair number of them. I don't know if you knew that, but we had a fair number of visitors yesterday. And just for them to come and the blessing it is um, in our church to have people like yourself come and preach when one of us elders or pastors here are not preaching and to still have it be faithful preaching from God's word is a blessing to us and our community. Um, and you've been doing that with us and been a great partner with us for, for 10 years now. So um, thank you for being here. Thanks for joining on this podcast today uh, and Bible studies. Hopefully this is a great resource for you uh, this week. Um, but Steve, thanks for joining us and we'll look forward to the next time we see you. Glad to, glad to do it. Good to be with you. Good to be with everybody yesterday at Harrisburg. God bless you. All right. Bye, everyone. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.